0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan on News Talk. A lot of people recognise my next guest from gracing the field of Tomlin Park and other famous rugby grounds across Europe, not only just across Europe, across the antipodes as well. He's one of only thirteen players to have played for Munster more than two hundred times, and I suspect he's probably maybe the only man in Ireland praying for injuries on the Irish team. John Ryan, how are you?
1: <laughs> I you I would never say I'm praying for injuries. No, don't don't put that on me like No, that was terribly unfair. They're going, probably, they're going very well, we don't want to jinx it.
0: But if if in the awful situation that it might occur, do you get the call up?
1: Um it's a possibility, yeah. There's um a reserve list and I'm lucky enough to be on that list so if someone gets injured, uh, I'll I'll be up there. I'll be I, hopefully I'll get the fitness that I'm ne- that's needed, but um I'll be up there alright. Yeah.
0: What do you think of their prospects? I mean after the South Africa game, oh it's tempting to start dreaming, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you can only be confident because uh like I think South Africa threw everything they had of them. They had those little tricks up their sleeve, tried to do with a psychology with it and all and uh or it matched everything. And I don't think I'll be worrying about them too much the next game as much as they did this time they know they have the measure of them so they should have good confidence going up against them hopefully if they meet them in a the final
0: <laughs> Now the other thing of course was all the way through this we've been talking about hoping to avoid uh, France and get the All Blacks which I still think is the weirdest thing in the world to hope for the All Blacks instead of you of course spent time until very recently um, playing in New Zealand the, how do you think the New Zealanders will react to the, the, having a team as weak as they do given their normal standards?
1: Uh, knowing some of the lads in that squad now, I would say they'd be licking their lips. Um, you can see what they did in the championship. They demolished everyone. And then you can see what happened in was it was in London when, when Serafka absolutely steamrolled them. So there was a little bit of a, a hiccup there, but I don't think they'd be that worried. Uh, with regards to Ireland wanting either of them, I don't think they'd say no to either of them. they it depend. like, it's a home, you probably want to avoid France because they're home, I suppose, home game. But with regard to ability, I think Ireland is up there with anyone. In the, it's number one in the world, obviously, so they're not going to be afraid of anyone, but it won't be coming on their radar. They won't be falling into that game of, of picking a side. They'll play whoever's in front of them.
0: What was the experience like playing in New Zealand? Because other than Wales in the late 70s, it's hard to think of another country where rugby is so completely embedded in the culture of the country.
1: Well, yeah, I can I can uh, stand by that. All right, I landed um, I landed in Auckland at twelve o'clock on a Friday, and immediately was hit by that. Uh, the jerseys, the people I met with a fellow dressed head to toe T cheese gear. He's the manager. He's a great man, Martin Verco. He got me over there initially, and from start to finish, it was just all go rugby. And off the field, on the field, everything was rugby mad, but. First thing I did was go straight to a, a warm up match, uh, the last warm up match before the league. So I had to go from a what was it, seventeen hour flight from Dubai to to Auckland, go straight to a match. <laughs> it's good fun and train two days later, but and uh, straight into it. But yeah, walking on the streets, uh, everyone knows who you are immediately because they're just rugby crazy.
0: Well, this the, the, the long flight and straight into the training brings me to a thing that I, I want to talk to you about because one of the things that you've done recently is you have um, teamed up with Crohn's and Colitis Ireland to raise an a, a, a awareness on the issue of inflammatory bowel disease, which mm-hmm. is something that you have. It is something that you would have thought would end a professional career because of the kind of symptoms and, and uh, problems that it can cause. I would have thought coming off long-haul flight like that suffering with jet lag, going straight into fitness training, all of those stresses are exactly the kind of things that you shouldn't be physically able to handle.
1: Do you know what? That's probably something I would have worried about before because we'll say I got diagnosed in 2011 with uh, ulcerative colitis and I also got my first ever contract, uh, professional contract in 2011. So I thought it was all over before it began because I had this chronic illness. It's going to ruin my career. You got
0: the diagnosis and thought that's it.
1: Yeah, I thought it was it. I thought I was finished because I couldn't hold on to weight. Like, I looked to look at me now, you'd think, God, that fella can definitely hang on to weight. But, <laughs> but but no, I, uh, I couldn't hang on to weight. I was just trying to be a tighter prop. I was playing loose head. I just couldn't play where I wanted to play because I was too light. But look, things grew and I got a bit more resilient mentally, I suppose, because I didn't sweat the small stuff on it. When you get a flare up, it's really, really hard. But getting over there long haul flight, I was thinking this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And oh, my wife isn't listening now, but I, I just, my poor wife was left at home with three kids. <laughs> I was on a jolly up going over for a month. So um, we just had our, uh, I left and I left Sita with a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a three-week-old. So oh, so oh, that was to tough. A lot of so I to think do, it might have been more <laughs> stressful at home, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's a lot of making yeah. up to do. Yeah. So, but regard to the the, the um, disease, I I um I I didn't really think about that, and the body kind of goes into autopilot sometimes. It's
0: well, explain that th- because it, the weight ha- ha- was an issue at the at the start. I mean, trying to be, make it to what was it, sort of nineteen stone ish was what you needed. Yeah, to Yeah, ex- exactly. And it the it is often mixed up with inflammatory bowel. Syndrome? Irritable yeah, bowel ir- syndrome. Irritable sorry. bowel syndrome, yeah. The difference between irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel disease is what? What were the they, symptoms you So you,
1: had so had? you wouldn't, uh, with irritable uh, bowel syndrome, you, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you would just kind of, you'd have the symptoms. You would have some of the symptoms of it, but there would be no inflammation in your colon. Or For me, it's I'm of colitis, so it just affects my large colon. If you have Crohn's, it can f- affect uh, anywhere in your digestive tract. And it can be quite quite nasty and more severe when you have Crohn's but like I have uh, had pretty severe flare ups we'll say in 2014 was another point in my career where I thought it might be over because I kind of went, I know this sounds so, uh, I'm not exactly a slip of a thing but I went from 119 down to 108 in three weeks Uh, so you're losing 11, it was 12 kilos I think it was and I and there's co- no
0: other explanation. You're not changing diet or anything No, it's like not. That. It's just, just you can't and eat milk.
1: and you don't want to eat because you're passing blood and you just don't want to... I don't know, you're going to the bathroom a number of times a day just to pass blood. So it's it's really tough and I got on top of things and we'll say... no. Uh, it was November, it came to a bit of a head. I came back. I remember my first week coming back. Uh, Anthony Foley rang me and said, John, how are you getting on? Can you play? Because we're really stuck. So I was a tight He asked me to come back playing Lucid. For listeners and for yourself if you're in they're completely different. They're completely different. But I ended up coming back and playing an eighty minute game the following week, having been the coach for three weeks, losing piles of weight, but uh it was a great uh, experience anyway, scrumage against uh Adam Adam Jones, I don't know if do you remember him.
0: How do you rate him as a tighthead from having oh, had a look at him
1: from the oh other side? Oh my god, he was uh, he's very good, but he had a cut off a drop goal that game and totally Butchered it, but uh, it was a great, a very. Mem- I remember that as being a real. <laughs> I thought it step-
0: was illegal for front rows to I mean, try It should, docos, it should it? be. It
1: should be. But um, no, I remember that. That created a lot of resilience in me, knowing that I've come from being on my bloody deathbed is a bit exaggerated, but I was destroyed, tired, I had no energy, and I go out and I play eighty minutes in a professional rugby game. So created a lot of resilience, and medication helped as well. And, and what do
0: you do in relation to telling um, teammates? Because I assume if you're doing things like dropping
1: out of training
0: sessions because of illness or if you're unable to play because of illness, you're incentivized to tell people so they don't mm. think that you're you're playing it fast and loose with the effort that everybody else is playing. very
1: personal thing though. It is and I was very open with it early but I potentially wasn't that open with my coaches because I didn't want to show any weakness um, but that all changed when I got quite ill at that time and luckily they needed me uh, after about three weeks but um, I came back and I had about 5 6 years of no flare-ups. It was amazing, it was fantastic. And there's but
0: no flare-ups means normal life normal day. life. Right.
1: Perfect because the medication sorted all out and I go for IVs every 8 weeks now, so it's um it's fine. I I don't mind it, it's just part of my life now, but uh we got to tell my buddies or they're all they all laugh about it now. like cuz uh, at the moment, as you are talking about Crohn's and Colitis Ireland, so they're starting up this uh, campaign called #PooTaboo, and I had to do a story on social media, and I'm sure, all the lads are saying how's the #PooTaboo going and all this, but it's a brilliant campaign, and they understand it. They're all slagging me, but they actually know that it's a big, it's it's a big deal. You know, there's there's a problem in Ireland with people being embarrassed by having IBD, so you need to come out and speak about it because it's such a chronic condition, and it can get so severe.
0: You mentioned the the severity of the flare-ups a couple of times. What brings on the flare-ups?
1: Look, there's a lot said about stress, but you can't, there's no direct correlation between stress and and the flare-ups, but that's what they say brings it on. Your body is immune, it's suppressed, like your immune system is suppressed, so it'll come on eventually, but I find when it comes on for me, and I know it's only come on a few times recently, maybe twice in the last four years, which isn't too bad, but it's actually when I stop, when the season stops, when you're on holidays, it's like, boom, we're ready. And you just go into relax mode and bang, something happens. It can come, it can come Because I was
0: wondering if with all the hassle with wasps, if that's the kind of thing that we, you know, when the, you have that stress of uncertainty in your life, that doesn't contribute?
1: Well, luckily it hasn't. Um, I've been, I've great doctor and he takes care of me, he's down Cork and matter private. But he is excellent and just has always kept on top of me. But if you had... I don't know, loads of people are going through different things, but it's all relative. But my last um, 12 months, it's nearly just kicking off to about 12 months ago, was WASPs went into administration. I'm left over a job October 19th. I remember I sat down, my wife said, I'm retiring from rugby, I'm done. And then all of a sudden, out of that, I get a short term contract to Munster, play for the Barbarians, go to New Zealand, and come back to Munster. And it's just all, it nearly all worked out in the end, but good God, I was. Just rolling with the punches and just leaving stuff happen, it was mental. It was
0: How did you find out about WASPs? How did you, what way did they break the news?
1: Uh, it was a bit of a surprise to us. We um, came off the pitch one day in after training and everyone, like, I won't swear now, but there was what lot f- going on here, like, just messages, phones, binging, friends texting me saying, I'm so sorry, hope everything's okay. And I'm like, who the hell's after dying like? So That's I meet, how your
0: friends offering sympathy was Yeah like, and I was oh. like oh,
1: what's going on and the next thing WASPs linked with administration and that was about maybe six weeks before it happened and it was pretty much full on denial from the top dogs until literally a week before we're going to administration we're going to come straight back out everything's okay we have buyers I actually didn't come in for the final meeting because I came back to Ireland just to gather my thoughts and all of a sudden boom 167 people made redundant without warning we were told it would be fine. It just wasn't in the end. So, it's And it's a
0: very difficult situation for a professional athlete to be in because it's not the kind of gig where you can say, listen, I will go down to the job office and put my CV in and I'll find something.
1: Yeah, there is that. And, you know, there's more uh, context Is Worcester went into administration a few weeks before and I wouldn't say, it's harsh to say they hogged all the sympathy, but they certainly got all the free spots throughout the UK. So Wasps players were squ- scattered to win. I went back to to the URC playing Munster, there's people playing the Premiership, people went to Japan, Australia, South Africa, America. So they went everywhere, France as well. So a lot of them had success, which is which is brilliant. So you can only be happy for those lads. And it's good it to it, end, it, up it, it, end up where you end up. And I ended up, that kind I, of I was one of those lucky people. You mentioned the hashtag, give P- me the proper. Hashtag #Putaboo.
0: Hashtag Poo Taboo. That is uh, through Crohn's and Colidas Ireland. Is there a website or anything else for information?
1: Yes, Crohn's and Kaleidas Ireland have their own website. So you get on there and just one other thing is they're running an event in Cork this this Saturday in the Kingsley Hotel. And it's 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 um, a meet and greet and it's just talking about all there'll be experts there, there'll be a QA. So if you can get down to that, there's still time to register and you can do that on the Crohn's and Colidas Ireland website.
0: Before you go, remind me of your wife's name. Uh, Zita Zita how are you planning to make it up to oh, Zita yeah, for leaving her with a one month old, three year old I thought
1: I, I avoided that question <laughs> earlier um, <laughs> I don't know I have a lot of uh, work to do. Um, do you know I'll get her out and girls nights out and stuff but she's going back to work soon so I've got to work Fast. You realise Mater- you've
0: committed to that on I've air ruined, now. Yeah. She has that
1: on record. I've ruined her maternity leave, so <laughs> what can I do?
0: <laughs> John, great pleasure, Toddy. Thank you so much for coming in. That is John Ryan, of course, two hundred time capped monster player. And again, if you want to find out more about uh, Pooh taboo, you can get that through the uh, Crohn's Ireland website and the Colitis Ireland website. Likewise, the hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.